Yeah, but as I was saying, man, um, yeah, you know, marriages are like very, you know, and it's a reason why marriages are so closely um, connected to the church itself. Mm. You know, the whole bride of Christ, everything like that. You know what I'm saying? So they need to be protected at all costs, but you know, sometimes stuff happens. Um, but beyond that, because it's not going to be centered around that, but like, in fact, let me get these guys up here, man, because I feel like I'm giving it all away. So, yeah. So, once again, oh, um, I want y'all to shout out one person or make some noise for one person. Um, he lets us do these things here. Um, is he there? Oh, yeah, I see him in the shadows. I need y'all to give it up for Richard Dolphin one more time. Okay, with that said, um, let's do it. Y'all ready for the conversation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said y'all ready for the conversation. Yeah. This is the first one of season two. I'm super excited. It's going to be a great talk. Oh, also, there's an option. At the end of our conversation, you guys are fully free to ask questions of any of these gentlemen. Amen. A few questions. Yeah. A whole other interview. Few <laughs> questions. All right. So the first person I want to bring up, man, um, I have known for a good while. Um, he's given us super dope albums. Um, some of them have a lot to do with dates and times, as far as before Christ and after Christ. Um, he's a Kingdom Choice Award winner, I think multiple times. He's dropped amazing videos like Best Friend and the new one he has out called Death Did His Part. Um, I haven't seen him in a while. I mean, I catch him occasionally, and uh, but we haven't been really in community together, and we'll find out why, but I'm really excited to have him, not just here, but just back. So, ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for Dave Gage Vera. Thanks for sending this sundown. Down for my sins. It wasn't for him. I mean, that's the tallest we got. David going right now. I'm tall, so I can make it. I want the tallest, so he makes it his tallest. So I'll praise you for the rest of my life. Making sure everything is right, right, right. Mix, I like mix, mix. Mix is in the spirit. He threw the cage joint on. Like we didn't talk about this. We didn't prep this. We just knew. Give it up for DJ Gibbs one more time. And last but not least, DJ. Oh man. Look, this guy is also one of my closest friends. Again, another multiple Kingdom Choice Award winner. Lyricist, he, but he squeezed out a little bit. Yeah, you know, this guy. Beat me. This guy. So bitter. This guy. Y'all have an inside, inside baseball jokes over there about bitterness and who should have won, and we're past that. We revive. You know what I mean? We on that. Okay, we can start that conversation. Let's go. Um, ladies and gentlemen, um, this guy, like I said, multiple um, award winner, uh, one of the most incredible artists I've ever met. Um, he has a new project coming out called Truth Interrupted, and with that comes a story. So, ladies and gentlemen, warm welcome, loud noise, give it up for Malachi the Truth. <laughs> Yeah. Make some noise for Malachi the Truth. 
You guys want to move a little closer? Matter of fact, can someone hold my mic? Hold my mic real quick. I want to get a little comfortable. It's a little high. I know it's a little high. Make sure they got the mic situated. So you guys can go to commercial now. Brought to you by Thank you. Looking for your spouse? Go to Christian Mingle. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Oh, you got jokes. Oh, that's the type of jokes we doing. Oh, okay. Oh, man, this is going to be wild. A lot of mercy. All right, let's try this again. Give it up for Malachi the Truth and Games, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so full disclosure. Um, Malachi, I see you kind of often. Gage, I see you ever so often once the blue moon, but hopefully not not that not being the case anymore. Um, so I never I never talked to you about having what type of questions that we're gonna speak on. We didn't we never had that conversation because there's things that I've always wanted to ask and I felt like it would be more raw and more visceral if I just got it in the moment. And it's funny because before I even thought about doing the next conversation series for the second season, Malachi reached out to me asking, hey, when are you doing it? I want to talk. I'm like, oh, word? We ready? It's like that? Okay, cool. Then, maybe not even a week later, this dude comes on the scene and starts talking about, I want I got a new video. He didn't say it, but I'm seeing like, you know, I'm seeing the rollout, and I'm realizing, oh, these stories are kinda, kinda similar. Kinda, kinda in the same ballpark. And I reached out to him, and I was like, yo, Gage, can we talk about this? And, and you know, I got Malachi with me, and he was with it, obviously, he's here. So, um, so it's, it's gonna be like a great tennis match. This is gonna be back and forth, this is, you know, Beyond Borg and John McEnroe. This is what's going to happen, back and forth. That's what we're going to do. All right, so, um, who do I want to start with? I'm going to start with Gage. Um, so, yeah, bro, I haven't seen you in a while. Um, I remember going to, like, Crown Chicken, getting some food, and I walk across the street to my building, and next thing you know, you're beeping the horn. It's you, and we sit down in the car for a while, we talk, and... Because it's some small chairs. Yeah. For, no. For the aesthetics. Yeah. Oh, yeah? All right, cool. We're switching chairs. Hold on. See, this is live. This is on the fly. So, everything you just said, you got to say it all over Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we just got to chop it up. Professional. I'm loving this, right? Everything I said? Okay. Cool. Now, I got you. Now we got Thank God, we're professional. I can do this. Now you got to push the light. Yeah. All right, cool. It's better, right? Yeah, it actually feels a lot better, too. I feel like, I feel more y'all. Always listen to the rapper. Nah. All right, Malachi, whenever you're ready. I'm ready. All right, bet. So let's try it again. All right, so. Right up to the welcome with Active Conversation series. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Malachi the Truth. Engage. Now, um, again, full disclosure, I haven't seen these guys in a very long time. Well, Malachi I've seen, Gage not so much. But 
beyond that, even when we signed up to do this particular event, you know, we didn't have a powwow about what questions I should ask. We didn't have any kind of conversation simply because I wanted to make sure that the questions I ask of you are visceral, are raw, are uncut, are vivid, are brutally honest if necessary, right? And um, I figured because of, you know, things that you had gone through, and then you said, you know, you reached out to me and you said, you know, I want to speak on it. You know, like, when's the next conversation series back? I want to speak on it. And then, no, 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 not much longer than that, then, you know, Gage wraps this video, and it's very interesting. <laughs> and even in conversations, the one or two conversations we had, I realized that someone was up, and then the video kind of, like, gave more evidence to that. So, at that point, I was just like, well, we should just all talk together. And I figured that if we talked together in front of a live audience, it would make more of a very interesting conversation as far as just, like, this story. So, Gage, I'm going to start with you. Um, yeah, so, you know, you drive this video. That did this part. Great video. Great record. You know, I, I hear the artistic growth and everything. Um, it's a little different, and um, <laughs> it's a little different. And the thing is, you know, like people, you follow people on social media, and you know, we consciously or subconsciously put our lives on social media. And then, you know, you you watch somebody's social media, and then after a while, you've seen some changes, and like something a little different. I don't see certain pictures anymore. I don't see certain declarations anymore. And at one point, you were ghosts. I don't even think you were on Instagram at one point. You were off that. And you know, you drive this video, and yo, funny story, no lie. I literally saw the person that you were with yesterday on the train as I got off my stop. Mm -hmm. Yesterday. <laughs> I'm getting off Church Avenue, I look, and there she is, waving high, high, and it's cool, and I get off, and it's like, that's crazy, I'm interviewing. Tomorrow. It's wild to me. Um, yeah, so, well, yes, that too. <laughs> but, you know, um, but yeah, that did, us, that did us part. It's an amazing record, a lot of growth, but you're talking about some things on that that you've been dealing with. So, what's up? Well, thank you for having me out. Can y'all hear me good? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Um, it's been a crazy, crazy, I would say, two and a half years for me, particularly as David Vera himself, not Gage. Right. You know, um, Gage has been doing a lot of crazy stuff, and um, Gage was caught up in a lot of things that he shouldn't have been in, as far as being a Christian rapper, as well as being someone that was out in the forefront. So I would like to start off with saying, you know, um, at this particular time, I'm currently divorced. Mm. Now, I don't want to just get at the fact that I am divorced and just leave it at that and go into for certain things. I kind of want to get y'all to understand why I'm divorced. Okay. And I understand why I'm divorced. And um, I learned not to be a victim anymore mm. and to sit there and try to act like everybody's doing things to me right. when I realized that I was doing things to myself. 
And I finally, I would say the best part about this two years that I've ever really realized is that when God tells you certain things not to do, he's not doing it to tell you what to do, and he's not asking you to do something for him. He doesn't want something from you, he wants something for you. And if you're a parent, you will understand that when you tell your kids not to do something, you're not telling them not to do it because you just want to tell them what to do. You're telling them not to do it because you know what's best for them. Right, you're kind of getting them in position. Right, so you're trying to help them out to understand that. So to start off this whole situation, I have been addicted to porn for years. Since I was a kid, I mean, I grew up in a family with eight brothers, three sisters, and all my brothers was older than me, I'm the youngest, and everybody was just wild. where it was just that, the more girls you had, the better you were. Even down to my own family. I was babysitted by an older woman at time that mishandled me. So I was actually, you know, I would say, taken advantage of from an older woman who was very promiscuous out there. So when we talk about soul ties and all that kind of stuff, it's real. You so might be asking, I, how old were you when that happens? I would probably say, I, and that's to show you so wild because I don't exactly know the year, the age, but I would say I was too young to know better. And I was probably, I would say about, I would probably, if you want to do a ballpark figure, six, seven. Gotcha. So this has happened to me from there, and then all of a sudden from there, um, the porn came in. So now, at that point in time, I'm, I'm addicted to porn. I'm, you know, running around with different girls. As I'm not saying at six years old. I mean, let's be real. You know what I mean? I'm saying when I got. <laughs> no, to I get the context. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when when I got heck of a thing to do at six years old, yeah, yeah. So what I'm saying yeah. is, further on down the line, when I get into high school now, I start, you know, running around. You know, the normal 20, 21 year old after high school, and I'm running around. I'm on tour. I'm doing shows because I'm a Christian. I'm not a Christian rapper at the time. Right, right. So I'm rapping, and I'm still going out there doing my thing and doing my thing into the world and running around. And um, I get into a relationship for seven years and then we broke up and I lost it all at that point. And that's what brought me to Christ in December 31st, 1999. You made your first album. That was the name of my first album. Right. So me coming to Christ now, I thought I had it all together. I'm figuring, okay, well, you check this out. Jesus saved me. All my stuff in the past is gone. I'm good. Mm -hmm. Sadly mistaken. I'm pretty sure every Christian in here knows better. Amen. <laughs> That's not the end. Okay, there's a lot of work to do. That was the beginning, actually. Yes, sir. So with that being said, you know, I just started to do more of the church lingo things. I, you know, I'm a good rapper, so I go into the church and I start doing records. And mm -hmm. you know, the church was kind of shutting me at first because they was figuring my stuff was too underground. You know, Congress. Mm -hmm. We dealt with that a lot. Yep. And um I decided, okay, well, my second album, January 1st, 2000, I'm going to cater to the church. Right. So I knew exactly to do the church lingo. Mind you, I'm still addicted to porn. Let's stop there for a second. So, yeah, because, all right, so at, at one point, around the time, I want to say right around the time you dropped Best Friend, like right around that, that January 1st, 2000 album, like, I feel like you were at the peak of your popularity. Like, I, I, I couldn't really find anybody who did not want to do a song with you. I couldn't find anybody who wouldn't want to come to an Engage affiliated show. Like, you know, as far as our little small independent thing of ours in New York, you were on top at one point. Um, and not just on top for the sake of being on top, but just like the respect, the, the, 
the reverence, the, the accolades, everything. People looked up to you. I looked up to you. We would have various conversations about stuff that I may or may not have been doing wrong and just giving advice and just going back and forth. Meanwhile, you're dealing with this thing. Yeah, was there anybody around that time that you even gave an inkling? And that's the problem. You see, it's funny when you say you looked up to me, I looked up to me. And that's the problem. Because I was more caught up in the hype. I was caught up in the church accepting me because I knew what to say. Right. But I didn't have a relationship with Christ yet. And I think that's very key. The church lingo, knowing what to say, having the catchphrases, appearing the part, looking the part, making music that caters to a certain community. You know what I'm saying? Any, I feel that anybody who has any kind of artistry in them and who's ever have been blessed with talent mm. know how to yep. just fit in. Yep. But I didn't have a relationship with Jesus until two years ago. And I've been saved since 99. So when he says in his word, get to know me because I'm meek and my burden is light, we always skip the part, but we get to the part where we can burn in the light, but we skip the part that he says, get to know me. See, because how could you serve somebody that you don't know? Right, right. So, I mean, you how could you even trust somebody that you don't know? So, there was a lot of things that I just didn't know as a Christian, as far as, first of all, I didn't even know myself as a man, knowing that men and women experience intimacy differently. Men are visual, men are uh, um, they were physical, women are more verbal, and you know, and they want to hear things. So that's why they say, guys, you got the gift of gab, you got you pull the girl. Because women are more verbal, men are visual. So all this time I'm sitting here looking at porn, seeing thousand girls, I become a Christian and I feel okay, well, I could just go from looking at a thousand to just looking at one. Right. It's not gonna happen. Yeah, that switch don't go off like that. <laughs> it's just not gonna happen. So let me ask you this too. Um there's a piece that you do. You often do it acapella. I actually have never heard it to music. And it's that piece that if you follow Gage, you know it well. It's the one where you address the women and you address the men. If, if y'all know him, you know what joint I'm talking about. Powerful piece, right? Very convicting. In the moments that you did that piece, were you even convicted then with, the, with, with, with everything that was going on? My first record that I ever came out with when I was convicted was Death Did His Part. Mm. Wow. So let me just be clear. I was not convicted my whole entire career. 18 years in Christ, set free only two. Talking it won't get you free, it's up to what you do. Okay. okay. That's what I said in that record. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I'm saying to you that um, I was still battling masturbation, I was still battling porn, I was still battling my eyes. Me being a man, knowing that we're visual beings, I didn't understand why my eyes were like heat sensors. The minute somebody passes in the summit, it was just like, phew, and it's just like you couldn't even control it. Phew, phew, phew. But I didn't understand that because I was feeding it. Whatever you, you know, you gotta remember, anything that you do in life, you build. You build porn addictions, you build relationships, you build love, or you build hate. But everything is built. And I thought that I could just walk to an altar and say, I do, and be able to, but you can't. Everything, including being a husband, you have to learn. You have to be trained in. You can't just have your ability to look at anything you want to look at and then all of a sudden be able to just look at one and be satisfied. Variety never satisfies. It only fuels the desire. And that's what I said in the song. You know, you gotta, you, you gotta starve it till you crave for one. 
So what I had to understand is God had to me to be able, those two years you didn't see me, God had to let me be able to be content with none so I could appreciate one. Mm. Mm. you say that again? Say that I had again, to bro. be content with none so I could appreciate one. So what that means is I don't watch rated R movies no more. I don't watch anything of the thing that has anything to do with any kind of explicit things. I do not want to see no naked bodies but one. Because, see, we make that normal, even down to Christians. We speak about going to see rated R movies and just seeing human beings, wives, some people's wives, and we're lusting after them with our eyes and not realizing that it's destroying your marriage just from that situation that you're looking at. And you don't realize it. Right, especially if you're highly susceptible to it. Of course. Yeah. And if you're a man. Because men are visual. <laughs> we don't realize that, but you know, I'm talking in here, and I know every man in here knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Women may not, but Preach. men know. Preach. So we got to stop ignoring the fact and get to know who you are and understand what things you should not bring into your home. And understand this, when I realized this, I realized how I was hurting myself. Like, I know what intimacy is now. And that's not, I, I want nothing but it right now. I don't want to be able to be seeing more than one of anything. I'm good with one. I mean, I said that on the interview, as crazy as it may sound, if you're a person that drinks, and you drink one drink, it always gets to your head, but if you get to five drinks, one don't do it for you no more. Think about it. Okay. So, so let's put that on pause for a second. That's a good way to, y'all liking the conversation so far? Amen. Yeah. Yeah, so let's, let's stay with that. Hold on one second. Let me, let me, let me turn to my immediate left. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> So let me paint a picture for y'all, for those who don't know in the room. So again, I've known Malachi for years. I can't remember the number, I've, I've, I've lost count, but it's been a while. I met him at Higher Calling. First one. First one, okay. okay. Whenever the first one was, that's how long I've known him. We were the first ones on time. Right. <laughs> it, was that, it was that too, absolutely. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, yeah, so, uh, so I've known Malachi. So let me paint a picture for those who don't know his history. Um, so I knew him, um, I met him, and then I met Noah, and I met everybody who he was affiliated with, including his kids and his wife at the time. Um, almost like astronomically and, 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 and extremely quick, like Malachi just became the guy. Yes, sir. You know, Malachi just became one of those guys, and at some points, the guy, as far as just his ministry, his music, doing events, the accolades, the respect, his lyricism, yes, his body of work, the way he was able to flip certain songs that used to belong to Jay and, and, and Ye and Riri and just made it one band, one sound. Um, the, 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 the times he ripped down Higher Calling and then he ripped down Rap Fest and he came through and, 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 and ripped down Kingdom Choice Awards and just building this fast and high ascent for him and his ministry and the fact that I used to just see him around with his wife and kids in tow. Even even the wife, you know, had a bar or two that she could spit as well. It was like, oh, this is just a rapping this family over here, you know? And just 
just watching these guys ascend. I've never seen anything like it that close, you know? Um, and we all know that, you know, Malachi has a transcendent gift. Um, just the way he would just walk into a room and then all of a sudden it's not rap no more. It's complete worship. It's complete, yo, I'm going over my time. We talking this talk and <laughs> the presence of God was in the room and it was hard to get him out and you didn't want him out because he was in the room. Like, this was Malachi. In a lot of ways, it still is Malachi, right? So we're watching this. Now, I remember going to, I want to say it was a Kingdom Generals event. And I remember that there was some weird things happening on his social media page, his Facebook. And it was just like certain things that just put me in pause as far as his marriage was concerned. And it just seemed like, okay, there's trouble there. And, you know, maybe the wife's not doing the right things. And some, some to that effect, so, you know, I pull him to the side. It's like, yo, everything good? Does it, are we good? And it's like, yeah, you know, we're, you know, we're working this thing out. My wife is just not in a really great place right now. It's just, you know, but the way it seemed at the time, he seemed like he had it under control. And if there was a deep hurt there that he was on top of it, he was blameless. He was, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is hella disappointing, but I'm, a, I'm good. I got my, I, I'm good. But it just continued. It just started to spill all over social media, all these weird cryptic messages, the, everything just started just being left. And then I had a conversation with his wife at the time. And yeah, it was a lot. Um, a lot, a lot, and it was, it just, like, the way she was describing it at the time, I was like, is this the same guy? It does not sound like the same guy, you know, near drownings, um, uh, police being called in, arrests, shelters, psychiatric wards, what are we, what's going on? And it's like, this pain, this picture just didn't look right. And then, you know, there's more information, but I don't want to drop the details. I'm going to let him drop the details. But it was just all bad. This marriage was burning up in fiery flames. It was all bad. Bad. To the point where at one point, maybe, because I didn't advertise it, there's no need. You know, at one point, Malachi had to stay with me for about maybe a couple of weeks. Yep. I just moved into an apartment. I didn't have all my furniture in there yet. And at one point, it was looking like he was going to be in the shelter. And I'm like, dude, you're not in the shelter. I'm your friend. You can stay here. You want to sleep on the carpet and wood floors because I just don't want you in the shelter. And he stayed there for a while as he and his wife at the time was trying to repair their marriage, trying to get it back because... Malachi had fallen so far off the wagon when it came to that in ways that just was unfathomable in my mind. But they looked like they were getting back together. Things worked out. I spoke to the wife, and she was like, you know, we're going to make this work. Malachi was like, we're going to make this work. And then all of a sudden, the crypto messages went away, and everything was lovey-dovey, and we're going to get this back on, and, you know, we back. And then it got... Worse again, maybe even worse than before. And all I'm hearing is rumors, stories, because certain things was happening. Now, another full disclosure, I'm working with Malachi during the times when these two things happened. In the same place, we both worked at the Y. We both worked at this place. I still work there, this place called Kids Creative. And things was happening that ain't supposed to be happening. And at this point, it's pretty much over. 
it's done. You know, I'm speaking to the wife and I'm hearing things again that's just like not good, you know? And, you know, as a friend, you, you're like, what do you say? What do you do? How do you help? How do you pray? And I'm talking about kind of he's giving the po- And at this point, I think he's coming to a realization himself about what's going on. And, you know, I, I don't, I think for the outside looking, of, looking in for people who know you or know of you, you know, when you see somebody putting up stuff that, re- that relates to domestic violence and domestic abuse and all these other things that's being put out there into the world and no one's, it's just these weird, you know, <clears throat> flares in the air, like, yo, we, we, we going to hell with this thing right now, it's bad. That is like, what's up? So, let's talk about that time. You said a lot. You said a lot. Man, your mic is loud. Bring it down. I'm a preacher. Bring it down. I know I'm preaching. <laughs> uh, you said a lot. Um, sitting here listening to you speak, in the beginning, you went through all these accolades of how I had this great ascension and. I was this guy and I was that guy and I won this award and I shut this down and shut that down. It's funny. I've always wanted to be the guy that was accepted. Same here. I feel you. Coming into ministry at 15, 16, I've been doing this for half my life. I'm 30, I just turned 30. And I've been doing this since I was 15. Rapping out here. And when I came into this thing, I came in standing next to the two nicest rappers ever. And I say this in any time, any time an interview I go through or any time I talk to any, 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 person, any people I talk about, when you see me, you see me with the same set. Mm-hmm. Noah, the governor, and my man Donald. Right. These are the two nicest dudes you ever met. I put them against anybody as lyricists, as songwriters, as conceptualizers, as artists, as ministers of the gospel. I put them against anybody. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, I was the guy in the group. Anybody watch wrestling? That's me. That's ministry. I was the Jeff Hardy in the group. And not necessarily in popularity, but he just was all over the place. Like yes, you don't need to jump off that ladder, Ty. Yeah. You don't need to. You you don't need to jump on like you don't need to step on that pew, bro. We just got here. Like yeah. I was that dude, and I felt like I needed to do something to stand out, to be noticed, mm-hmm. because I was standing next to these two juggernauts. And I say that all to say is that even in the time that I was ascending, I wasn't ascending, and I wasn't ascending. I was questioning like, dang, I gotta rap against Chris. I got a rap against Chris, Elijah Miguel, Conquest, what you doing for? Hey, these dudes got albums out. Nobody know me, I'm from Harlem. So that was your perception about the outside world, like, different perception. Right, exactly. Yeah. And you don't know, like, battling my upbringing and things that I haven't dealt with, yeah. traumas that I've never dealt with, when you see me minister, that's my time with God. That's my ability. That's my time where it's like I'm on the stage for this 15 minutes, and you're gonna get, and me and God going, we we gonna Joseph this thing. Uh-huh. We gonna wrestle, uh-huh. and I'm not gonna stop till you bless me. But I didn't know I was blessing others. Uh-huh. Never realized it. Didn't realize it, and it got to the point where I didn't realize it when I did rap best back to back. That's when the ego started. 
because I did Ratfest 11, and then they called me back at Ratfest 12. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, nobody do Ratfest back to back. I'm the man out here. Hold up. Nobody do Ratfest back to back. Back to back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and um, I was at a place where it just I cared always. I always cared about you. Know, are they gonna go ooh and hard on my bars like they do it? No. Are they gonna get my style? I don't rap like everybody else. God don't give it to me like everybody else. I got a peculiar anointing. I look different. Are they looking at me because I'm like the cron down of Christian hip hop? <laughs> Anybody that know underground strong arm setting? Are they looking Brent at me the like Brother that? Ali. Right, right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Are they looking at me like that? Or real Christian hip hop heads? Are they looking at me as like the New York Deshaun, the Golden Child? Mm. He from VA. Shout out to him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Are you really respecting me as an artist and as a minister, or am I like, am I like the the novelty act? Let me put him out there. Yeah. Give him an opportunity. Or oh, he just warm it up till I get out there. Alright. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I didn't have the confidence in my artistry. I didn't have the confidence in my ministry. I didn't have confidence at all. I lacked confidence altogether. And on stage and in interactions with others, that was the facade. Because Ty Kip was broken. Malachi the truth was the alter ego. Mm. So when you see me on stage, yeah, I'm Malachi. I'm nice. That's Malachi. That's the one I created. Because if you really got to meet Takim, Takim is sitting in his room, writing in his book. Takim is by himself. Takim ain't talking to nobody. Takim is like a boogie from from paid in full. Don't nobody know my business. <laughs> don't nobody know nothing I'm going through. Don't nobody know what I'm thinking. I'm in the room and you don't even know I'm in the room. You say I walk in the room and I get and I gained all that. No, Malachi walks in the room and gains all that. Ty sits in the back in the corner and just watches and surveys and hopes nobody sees him. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, you take that, that's one aspect. Then we get to the marriage. A marriage is a union before people and God. Right. A marriage is something that you make a commitment to someone else and you take vows. And you take vows with the understanding that you both are going to uphold both of them. That it's going to be genuine, that it's not going to be for show. And it was that in the beginning. It was that. When it changed. In marriage, it was that. It changed when we upheld the golden rule for everyone else, but we never prayed together. Mm. How do we have a marriage when we don't pray together? Come on. Amen. How do we have a marriage when we don't communicate? How do we have a marriage when everybody else is in our business? And everybody else meaning my friend, our, our immediate friends. Yeah. How do we have a marriage when there's no trust? Some self-inflicted, I take responsibility for that. And some of it because it wasn't there because there's traumas on both sides that were never dealt with. So therefore, like Gage, if I'm exposed to pornography, to womanizing, to this, all my life, that's all I see. I got uncles that, listen, we got that game. Got that game over here, you know? And I say it like that because that's how I was raised, but 
Other people look at me like, dang, how he can talk like that? Cause that's that's the mindset I was raised in. Like, listen, you got it. You go get it, son. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so when God is not in the marriage, it falls. Plain and simple. Now, if you want to dig deeper, they say the gifts of God are given without repentance. So when we come together and we're on stages or we're out feeding the homeless or we're ministering to other people or we're counseling other people, but we're not doing the things that we're telling other people to do. You know what I'm saying? It got so real. It got so real. And I know this is real that my best friend came to my house. Came to my house, knocked on the door, came upstairs. He knew what was going on because he was close. He was even closer than you. Mm-hmm. And he said, yo, a demon just came to me while I was at work. And I was like, what? Because I'm still on my, yo, listen, I'm good, man. Listen, I'm Malachi, the truth, I got this, B. Just did rap fest twice back to back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm doing my holding down hip hop church. Everybody left. I'm the one that's rapping. I'm the one that's preaching. I'm the one that's doing this. You know what I'm saying? I'm holding down the youth pastor job. I'm the man right now. I'm killing features. I'm on three songs of the I'm a Christian remix. Remix tape. I did the drink with Emiliano and Seda. <clears throat> I killed Seda on notice. <clears throat> like, come on. I got this. You talk about demons talk to you. Whatever, be good. I'm over here. And he said, I got your mates. And that's when it got real. I said, so a demon came to you and told you that I got your mates? And you next? Wow. So fast forward. Things fall apart because there was an honesty there. Things fall apart because I wasn't honest. I had trauma that I had pre-marriage that I brought into a marriage that I wasn't willing to deal with or work through with my spouse, so therefore it spilled into the marriage. But it had peaks and valleys because during this time, we had my son. 24 years old, I had my first son. And it's a boy? Kids, I'm Malachi too. And I got a son now? They ain't telling me nothing. So the, the the time when they say, you know how some women say, a baby ain't gonna keep no man, or a yeah. baby don't fix a relationship, it yeah. don't. It don't. It don't. Wow. It does not. It don't. Because my focus was, my sanctuary was my job and my kids. So every time you see me rap, I have my kids with me. Mm-hmm. Because that's my life. I was able to excel at, kid, at Harlem Children's Zone, go to the Y. Kill that kid's creative. Because my job and my work was my place of release. Sanctuary. Because at work, I was Mr. Ty. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever got to meet Ty Kim unless you got 10 years in. <clears throat> There's only a handful of people that know Ty Kim songs. Everybody else knows Mr. Ty, Malachi, Mal, this one, Pastor Ty, whatever. Y'all know that. Or at the time, they knew that. Right. But then, Here's the game changer again. We have the marriage that's great, going well, but then begins to show signs of fighting and falling away. But because I'm in ministry, not just rapping, I'm a preacher. I've been preaching since I was 18. 
So some of us that know how preachers are, mm. we got images that we got to right. right. Oh, you can't tell me that you got you are preaching, you have marital issues? Yep. Mm -hmm. Minor or major? Mm -hmm. Nah, we good. I make sure she got the hat, make sure my cufflinks is right, make sure my kids got the haircut, they know when to sit down, amen, hallelujah, all right, mm, come on, I'm doing. Pastor Ty is doing the revival this week, mm -hmm. amen, all that. We knew that, everything was great. I kind of talk about it in the song, that just the, the whole idea of like, you know, you're in this position, and you're exactly. expect, you're, the expectancy right. is to be what people perceive it to be. The expectation took over the reali realization yeah. of what the reality was in the situation. But the turning point in the marriage that enhanced everything that was either minor, minute, or on mute was when I realized that I had bipolar disorder. My son was just born. I began to have racial thoughts. I began to deal with insomnia. I began to spend money crazy. I began to, my porn addiction went from you know, just watching it every now and then, whatever, to just going. To now, I'm having auditory hallucinations where I'm hearing people tell me, nah, you ain't nothing. You ain't good enough. Leave her. Leave the kids. Like, yo, you. I've been going with, in the mental health uh, arena, they call it mania. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know none of this at the time. Yeah. And the thing that pushed it over was, we got into an argument, I was waiting in the stairwell, somebody told, I, the whole, I didn't sleep for two days. Right. I wasn't slept, I didn't sleep for two days. I was up, and I was sitting in the stairwell, and something came over me. And we got physical. First time in my whole life ever got physical with a female. It wasn't on purpose. It wasn't like agitated. Mm -hmm. It just happened. From there, I got arrested. From there, I went to psychiatric institute. And this is when it got hard. Because I had to accept that there was something wrong with me. Amen. Oh, that's when it changed. After being born with albinism, after being diagnosed with a learning disability, after growing up with ADHD, and having to accept growing up something wrong with me. Now you tell me at 24, when I just dropped my Welcome to the Truth. Now I just did my video. I'm youth pastor at my church. I'm leading hip hop church. I'm rapping all over the place. I did rap fest two times. I just had my son. I'm married. You gonna tell me now I got bipolar disorder too? Nah, son. That's what the denial hit. Right. So I'm in the hospital, and I've been there for almost a whole month. Now, this is the funny part. And I say it's funny in retrospect. My pastor never came to come see me. Not one time. The people... And he was fully aware of what's, what's going on. 100% aware. Never came to see me. Why do you think that was? It's an image. You never, right? The reason why he gave me was I didn't want to see you in that light in that predicament oh, in that place that's the time you should be seen <laughs> Come on. I don't want to be seen in that light you know what I mean and so for me that showed me again like that further solidified what was wrong with me in the first place so I gotta get a body here to get things right so I have did what I was supposed to do in the hospital I went to every meeting 
I was working out, I was reading, I was doing all I needed to do. I gained all the information about whatever I had to do to get out of there. Kind of like to beat rehab, in a way. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. I spent time in there in straight jackets. I spent time in the quiet room. I spent time on medication that had me feeling like I was a zombie. I was in there and nobody, and the, the funny thing is my friends didn't know. My friends was there prior, when I was on the top of my roof, on my building, getting ready to jump off. When I jumped in the Harlem River that's down there, and nearly drowned, and this was February, right. where I had hypothermia over half of the bottom half of my body. This was real. Can we go back a little bit? Yeah, we can go back. You mentioned, for somebody who, again, if you've ever seen Malachi perform, he does not. He does not do the fabulous type of performance. He actually moves around and rocks out. What was it like to go from that to being in a straitjacket? From that to it, it made me mad. It made me mad because it's like I worked so hard to create this new identity. All my hard work is done. I did, like they really not gonna love me no more. Cause once they hear this, ain't nobody gonna be around me. I'm gonna be a real leper. Oh, and what happened? I came out, rumors started spreading, and nobody wanted to talk to me. Some people reached out, but for the most part, this is where it got bad because I didn't have confidence in my community. I can be this Malachi the Truth guy. I'm supposed to be this guy. I'm supposed to be this man. I'm like, I'm one of y'all. So nobody reaches out to me. And those who reach out to me, it's like, all right, cool. We just want to make sure you're all right. And I'm so paranoid that I don't know how to open up and say, yo, no, nah, I'm, I'm really messed up right now. Like, before you called me, I just heard a voice that said, yo, you can't bleed. You can't die. Go in there. Burn the house down. You ain't nothing. You thought your little character was gonna save you, was gonna pull you out of your depression. You ugly, you can't make it. She don't care about you, just go out there. Listen, I got somebody down the block. I got somebody over here. And these were the situations that I was going through. And at the time, she was scorned and hurt. But at the same time, she was aware of the condition that I was diagnosed with. And I got resentment because I felt like I'm trying, I was trying to do the best I can with what was given to me, but I didn't have the help from the person that was right next to me. Okay. Rightfully so. So with that said, so you're in this place, you get out, you know, obviously I'm, I'm privy to what's going on now, just mm -hmm. stay with me. But at some point you get, you get Oh, no, 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 wait, 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 wait you're going too far. Oh, okay, sorry. Because I was, I got out. And before I was with you, uh, I was in 145th Street Park right there on the baseball. That's where I was living. I was staying out there, right on the bench, right on the bleachers. And I would get up at 6 in the morning just to make sure I took my son to school because I didn't want them to know nothing was going on with their father. So I would get up, go there, I would go pick them up from school after work, bring them home, stay in the living room, stay away from her, stay away from everybody. Then put them to bed and leave. And go to sleep in the park. The 
police coming, they go, you gotta leave. So I'm just walking. Walking home. And then if I got tired, I was like, all right, I'll get on the one train, or I get on the A train, because I know it's the longest train. Yeah. I go from 207th all the way down to my Ave, my Haven, or my Ave, my Ave, I can't remember. My Ave. Yeah, my Ave, my Ave. and back. Back. Two, three times. Show and tell. You know, it's crazy, too, is, um, not to cut you, it's just that I was, I was one of those dudes, Malachi, and I'm going to be real, you know? When I was being the person that I was hiding in, in throughout all this and trying to show off and being this great minister, I was seeing your post. And I was seeing when you was keeping it real and saying, you know, this is what I'm doing, this is what I was facing, and you was telling your truth. And I was sitting there saying, what's this dude doing? He's embarrassing himself, he's embarrassing yep. us. Yep. I'm keeping it 100. Yep. But when I got to that moment, I appreciated every minute that you did that, bro, because you see, the truth really does set you free. And when you're able to be, and so when, I, when him and I are able to put these records out and say this, you have to understand that we are free now. Mm -hmm. We're not gonna say this if we weren't free. <laughs> Trust me, I would not come in front of all of y'all still having this porn addiction. Trust me, I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. So when I say for two and a half years, I've been free of all of that. So that's where you didn't see me because I finally got to know Christ and I was with him. So I just wanted to just say that just to show him that, bro, you know, and then when I started to come out, then he reached out to me because he knows my pain. And he didn't, you know, and when he told me, yo, bro, I'm shocked that you even you put this record out, but I'm with you. I felt the love that I really wanted to feel from the people we were looking to feel it from, yeah. but only he can understand that because he'd been there. Right. Why were you shocked that he put the record out? I was shocked because... Like he said, everybody that did reach out was like, yo, yo, you gotta take it off of Facebook. Don't take it off of Facebook. What you mean, bro? This is all I got. I'm not a one like, yo, my man's just sitting right there. We nearly 20 years best friends in this thing. He know I ain't gonna tell nobody nothing. I ain't telling nobody, I ain't asking you for help. He know me, I'm gonna go, listen, I, right, yo, I'll tell you right now, straight up, 100. We in college together. We in South Carolina, Rock Hill. Okay. We ain't got no jobs. We ain't got no money, no nothing. Okay. He talking about we gonna pray, God gonna give us something. I said, ah, right, you pray, I'm gonna make it happen. Knock <laughs> 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 at the door. He opened the door. Hey, yo, help me with this stuff, yo. I just coming from Walmart. I got mad food, yo. We about to eat. We good right now. <laughs> we gonna pray later. <laughs> So that's the mindset, that's the type of person I am. That's the type of person I come from. Like, yo, I'm not gonna tell you nothing, I'm not gonna say nothing, I'm gonna deal with it myself. And yep. everybody doesn't know how to ask for help or ask for help the same way. Right. So my bleeding on Facebook wasn't me just bleeding just to talk. I wasn't trying to get likes or smiley faces or hearts. I was trying to get you to help, help me. Help. Exactly. That was me saying, yo, help me. Help me, help me is right. And the inbox dry, the phone dry. Yeah. Oh, I'm praying for you. Bro, you know you ain't praying for me. I mean, if you is, yeah. like, you know where I'm at. Do you say that, again, based on the facade, I'm going to use the word facade. That's what it was, bro. Okay, okay. We'll, at the we'll, time. <laughs> okay, so based on the facade, right, do you think it was just a situation where people just did not know how to react? Some people, some people, I, be like, I, I really believe it. Sitting in retrospect, some people didn't know how to, how to react to it. Some people didn't know how to react to it. And like, I don't. I was angry for a while. I was angry for a while because I'm like, yo, 
there's some people who probably went through similar stuff that I went through, or know how, or know resources, or know where I can like point me in a direction, but nobody was saying nothing. So I tried to make it on my own, and it pushed me and her further and further away. It pushed us to a point where I was like, I had to come stay with you. Then I can't, after I leave you, I was like, all right, we're gonna try, I'm gonna try my best, I'm gonna try my best, I'm gonna try my best. But it got worse and worse because one, I didn't accept the clinical. I didn't accept that I had bipolar disorder. Right, there was that too. I was like, nah, ain't nothing wrong with me, man. Like, chill, ain't nothing wrong, we got, we got this. We got this, we got this. And I excelled in the areas that I excelled at because those were my comfort zones. So, the later and later it would take to get home. You see me on the gram, well the gram wasn't really out there like that. You see me on the book with my kids, we ice skating, we doing this because my kids, that's my life, that's yeah, my yeah. lifeline. That's the only thing that kept me going back the 142nd every single day. Mm-hmm. Because every morning I'm like, yo, if this train go a little faster, I'm gonna jump in front of it. Man. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So hold that for a second, because there's, there's still a lot to get to. Believe it or not, but I wanted to bring it back to you. So you're in a place where now you're trying to see, even though you're in the now about your bipolar disorder, you're trying to make it happen with your wife again. No, honestly, no. That's okay. not even what happened. What right. I was trying to do was, I was trying not, I was trying to be there for my kids. So when you got back to, Because right. the arrest messed me up. Mm. I lived 25 years as a black man in New York and never got arrested. Did I break the law? Yeah. But never got arrested. Never went through the bookings, never had to worry about it, never had my picture taken, never sat, and never, never, never experienced that. It was humiliating. So it wasn't humiliating, it was me that I was raising two black sons. And this is post Sean Bell. And even though I put it on myself, I don't know what the school was teaching. I don't know what they were noticing or what they were gathering or what they were cognizant of, but they know this, my black dad is in jail now. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, dang, I let my kids down. I let my son down because now he may think it's okay to be in jail. Since I'm his hero, it's like, all right, cool. My dad went to jail, so let me try. (laughs) Okay, so hold that for a second. It's been on a pause. Alright, so Gage, um, so you're realizing you out of the nineteen years that you've been saved, seventeen of those weren't really saved years for you. Last two, yeah. Seventeen prior, not really. Um, so you realize that you have this situation and you're married now. So Obviously, you guys are not together. Walk us through that. The, because you know, you, 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 it begs questions like, did you try to work it out? What started it? What did she notice? What made the whole thing just explode? Well, I mean, you know, we, one thing that I've come to realize, you know, the most important thing that I've come to realize is that um, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, as the word says. So my fight wasn't against my wife. My issue was against the enemy himself, and that's Satan himself. You know what I mean? And you know, so it started from since remember from since I was a kid. Right. So what Malachi said is very important, especially for men. We really have to understand that we need to go back and check where all this started from. Yep. 
You know what I mean? And a lot of times, us as men, we, we have pride issues where we feel like, you know, like if we get a broken arm, we go to the doctor and we try to get it fixed. But we don't go to the brain doctor. And we don't realize that there's issues going on in here too. And we don't do therapy, we don't, we don't. So I actually, so with, so to get to where you was trying to just, just to get to, in the midst of all the marriage, throughout the marriage, you know, I'm serving Christ and I'm going to church and she's following behind me and just doing whatever I was doing because she didn't, I didn't really feel like she had a, a real relationship with Christ. She just did what David did. And she felt like, you know, what well, David has a really, she knew who I was back in the day and she knew that I've changed from then. So she was saying, well, wait a minute, for David to change, we know something must be good here. So she came to Christ in that aspect. And she was going to church with me, we're going to church and, you know, but we're fighting all the time. Now, mind you, like I said, let's be real, we were intimate before marriage. So automatically starting in fornication gave that marriage no shot. Like I said, we fight. We're not fighting people. We're fighting demons. So if you allow that demon in your house from the beginning, then you had no shot from the beginning. So this is what I had to come to realize. Now, what got me here? As we can go deeper than that. What got me here is the porn and everything that I did and all the fornication I did before I got with one woman. So I was accustomed to more than one visually as well as physically, and then I thought that I could be able to be content with one after. Not happening. So, with that being said, I came into the marriage feeling, okay, I'm going to give up this porn addiction the minute I get into this marriage, and I wasn't able to do it as much as I wanted to do it. So I was still getting my issues going back and forth where when she wasn't home, I'm still watching and doing things, and, and I'm not, and I'm trying to be this man of God, and I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm not physical with any other woman, but everything is visual, and, you know, and I'm not, you know, all of a sudden from there went to emotional affairs where... You know, you get the other preacher or you get another woman of God that hits you up and say, well, I really like the way you do things and I need some advice and help me yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. So you start helping out. Now remember, yeah. now like we said, men are visual, women are verbal. So you got the gift of gab, so I'm talking and they're saying, hey, well you talk better than the guy I'm talking to or even my husband. Yeah. So now I'm having verbal conversations with somebody I'm not supposed to be having verbal conversations with. And then all of a sudden now the verbal conversations I'm supposed to have with my wife start to cut short. Mm -hmm. So then I come home real quick and I'm saying, hey, hon, how you doing? She goes, you want to watch a movie? No, I'm good. And I'm walking inside because I got five conversations going on. And I'm doing it in the name of God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool, cool. So I'm realizing my house is falling apart and I'm not even noticing it because I'm trying to help everybody else's house out. <clears throat> so I'm talking to this one here and telling you what you need to be doing with your husband and this one you need to be doing with your boyfriend and this one I need to be doing. And, and I'll be real with you, with women, they feel like, okay, well you gave me so much, let me give you a little. So that's when they start to throw the inappropriate conversations in. And now conversations start to get a little inappropriate and you're wondering, why are we here? How do we get here? So fast. So fast. So they say, well, let me just throw you a bone so I can make sure I can keep you around when you talk, when we want to talk. So that's how that started to happen. And so all the time I'm thinking, my wife just don't get it. She just don't understand what she has here. She don't know that she has this man of God here, not knowing that I'm wrecking my marriage. And she told me that divorce wasn't an option. So when it got to the point where she said, I'm tired, I can't do it anymore. She said to me, dead in my face, David, I'm not in love with you anymore. I want out. That's when the curtain <laughs> opened. And I'm like, wow, 
what the, like I said, everything is built. So that was built as well. So I'm sitting there saying, well, what? my pride kicks in. Well, then if you want out, then I will never touch you again. And then I leave out of the house and I go to my father's house and I'm like, it's over with. I don't even care. Well, you do whatever you want to do. And then that's what I'm like. And I'm slamming the remote control. And I'm like, God, you told she told me that she will. The force was never an option. And he told me you made it an option. Mm. Because when you made that vow, you didn't make it to those people that you're talking to behind your back. They're not the people that's washing your clothes. They're not the people that's sitting there laying with you at night. They're not the one that's gonna help you if you have to go in the hospital. You sitting here being a husband to too many people and you don't have it, you just don't have it in you to be able to do that. So I had to understand that just as much as a man wouldn't want his wife dressing any way in front of any man, she only wants it for, for him, it's the same way a wife wouldn't want her husband talking to no other woman any way but the way he's supposed, he's supposed to be talking to her. It's intimacy. It's called intimacy. And then I started to understand that lies build walls. So I never knew that neither. So I'm sitting there saying, well, why is there walls being built in my relationship? I've come to realize because I was lying. So you gotta understand that the most important thing that Malachi and I come to understand here is this word of God works if you put it into play. And it also works against you when you don't. So when we started to realize, wait a minute here, like everything that I'm doing, so that's when I did, when I remember Malachi, mind you, the same person I'm sitting there saying he's bugging out, I remember saying, wait a minute, I remember he went online and he told everybody what he needed to do. And then God said to me, that's what you need to do. So I went back to every ex-girlfriend that I had that I cheated on, I told them I cheated on them, I told them everything that I did wrong, and every person I told the truth to, I felt demons just coming off me. Man. Because like he said, you tell the truth, it will set you free. I stand before you right now, no secrets. Amen. Everything that I said on that record happened. My ex-wife knows all about it. She heard the record. We and her are friends up to this day. Because God is faithful to his word when he says you tell the truth and it will set you free. So that's what set me free. I went back, I talked to all my exes who I did wrong. I was speaking to one ex and I said, listen, I did you wrong. She said, are you dying or something? <laughs> <laughs> and you know what God said to me is that's the messed up thing about us men. We gotta wait till we're dying before we tell the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said to her, you know what? I'm actually living. <laughs> I, I, I was dying all the other time, but I'm actually living. So like I said, um, point free. Masturbation free, visual issues free, emotional affair free for over two years. Amen, bro. But then, you know, obviously this year you dropped this, this new song. Um, how cathartic was that for you? Like, what, what space were you in? Like, when did you know, you know what, it's time for me to record, shoot a video, put myself out there? When did you know? Because sometimes people come from situations like that and they jump out their way too soon. It's like, it's not the time. You still got some healing to do. You still got some other things that you yet to do. You know what I'm saying? And especially as performers, the lure of the stage, the lure of having a platform, the lure of just like the adulation. But you shut yourself down for so long, but then you got back out. Well, obviously we all know that it was a difference when I came out the second time. When you said the lure of the stage, I definitely didn't want to lure the stage coming out saying it all started with porn. Trust me. Knowing that, I was putting my yeah, whole That was your life. first line. <laughs> you know off off rip. So, it all started with porn. Right? So let's keep it real. And I said that was my first wife. Super, superficial, visually torn life. 
erotic imagery, what harm could it cause? 30 years later, still trying to close doors. So there's no way in the world I came back out here to tell y'all that so I could be the greatest entertainer in the world. That's not the truth. It took a lot for me to turn around and tell y'all my truth. But what I did was, I realized truth sets you free. And if you're of my family in Christ and I love you, I need to let you know that you need to do the same. Because if you're stuck in lies, it will destroy your relationships. It doesn't have to only be your marriage. Your relationships, period. Freedom is so big in truth, you know what I mean? So that's why I came back out. I did the record, God said to me, yo, right now, I'm telling you, I'm talking about two years of therapy.